Hello and welcome to our Search for Truth program, your 15-minute Bible teaching program with me, John Martin, and your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. It's a great series of study talks Brian's presenting about the journeys of the ark, and we're gaining valuable teaching for our daily living as disciples of our Lord Jesus. The title of Brian's talk today is Looking to Jesus. Before Brian speaks to us, let's enjoy the hymn which begins, My faith looks up to thee, thou Lamb of Calvary, Saviour divine. Now hear me while I pray, take all my guilt away, O let me from this day be wholly thine. Last time in our series on the journey of the ark, we saw how the ark got underway at last, and how its first move was a break with the procedure which had been set out in advance for its travels. The fact that the ark initially went ahead, rather than in the centre of the people, impressed on us again the need for faith and for following God's leading in our lives. Over the next 40 years of desert journey, the Israelites would have broken camp and moved on something like once a year, though some of their stays were long and some were short. It says, At the commandment of the Lord they journeyed, and at the commandment of the Lord they encamped. And every time, following the usual practice, the ark would have travelled in the centre of the procession and been carried by its staves on the shoulders of those Levites who belonged to the family of Kohath. When Joshua eventually took over from Moses as the leader of the people, and the people stood on the brink of entering, at last, into the promised land of Canaan, we come to our next adventure with the ark. At the Jordan River, which stood between Israel and the land that was theirs by promise, something extraordinary again takes place involving the ark. Forty years before, at the Red Sea, when the waters divided to let the people cross, it had come about by Moses stretching out the rod of God, which symbolised God's power, power that was demonstrated in rolling back the sea. Now at the Jordan, it's the ark, called the ark of his strength, that symbolises God's power over the waters. So in another break with convention, the ark once more precedes the people as it's carried by the priests into the river first of all. Now that's another thing. The Bible says it was carried by the priests at this point, not the Levites. Since the priests were themselves descended from the appropriate family within the tribe of Levi, this may not be something different. It might just be a different way of saying it. But either way, it must surely have something to teach us. In fact, 
This is one of only four times in the Bible record of the movements of the ark when it's said to be carried by priests as opposed to Levites. And that record covers 500 years. The other times are at Ebal, at Jericho, and when entering Solomon's temple. We'll come to those in due course, but let's focus for now on the crossing of the Jordan. In Joshua chapter 3, the ark is mentioned no less than ten times. Obviously, the ark, as representing the Lord's presence, was crucial to them entering the promised land of blessing. When the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark stood in the shallows at the edge of the swollen river, the way opened up for Joshua and the people to cross on dry land. The ark then was stationed in the middle of the riverbed until all the people were safely across. Now what's the lesson? Usually it's suggested that the River Jordan is a picture of death. But I don't believe that's ordinary physical death here. Canaan, on the other side, the land of promised blessing, surely represents our inheritance. But the teaching is for now. This drama in Israel's history corresponds to our entering into the full enjoyment of every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And that's to be our present experience, as chapters like the first of the letter to the Ephesians shows. It's there we read, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he has made us accepted in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. What a wealth of spiritual blessing is contained in these opening verses alone. We are meant to live in the enjoyment of them now. But sometimes there seem to be impossible barriers between us and such victorious Christian living, just like the Jordan in all its time of flood stood between the Israelites and their land of promise. We find it hard to claim the promises and realise the blessings. It's hard to set our minds on the things that are above. The crossing of the Jordan reminds us that something needs to die first before we can fully enter into the possession of God's promises in our life and service for him. We need to die to self. But how does that take place, you ask? Well, in Joshua chapter 3 and verse 3, the people were instructed about looking at the ark. It was just as though Joshua was pointing out to the people 
Behold the ark! Even as John the Baptist would later point out Jesus and say, Behold the Lamb of God! At that same Jordan River. The ark, of course, is a picture of the Lord Jesus and the power of God in Christ. We can do what's impossible in our own strength as we look to him and live in the power of his resurrection. Like Peter, when he stepped out of the boat on the Sea of Galilee to go to Jesus, he was all right so long as his eyes were fixed on the Lord. But when he looked at the waves, he began to sink instead. It's like that with us. With him, all things are possible. Pictured at Jordan, in the ark of his strength, it is he who divides the waters, or in our case, the barriers that come between us and victorious Christian living. Christ's power is greater than all that would separate or keep us back from the blessing that God intends for us. Knowing and practising the presence of a powerful Christ brings us into blessing and a real experience of spiritual realities. That's why the practising of his presence that we were talking about last week is so important. And in the ongoing challenges of life, many Christians have been comforted by the promise made by God, though made originally to Israel, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. At all times, and especially in times of difficulty, we need to maintain a clear view of him, just as every Israelite's eyes must have been on the ark as they passed through the Jordan into the promised blessing. With this, the writer to the Hebrews agrees, when in chapter 12 he writes, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. great antidote against discouragement for the Christian today, and in fact for any age, is to keep our eyes upon Jesus. Looking unto Jesus is the word, looking in faith. And let's take Brian's closing word to our hearts and act upon it. When any discouraging thoughts would crowd into our minds, let's pray the words of the hymn chorus and make it personal. Open my eyes, Lord, I want to see Jesus.
Before we sign off, thank you for listening with us today. And remember, please, if you have any questions or suggestions how we can make these studies more helpful, do tell us, please. Brian will be glad to correspond with you. I'll remind you once more how you can obtain the transcript book of these 12 studies, so you can get more out of the radio talks by reading and studying the contents. It's available online, and either you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media, or if you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for the title, The Journey of the Ark. You can use email or the post, and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN4, 8DY, UK. And our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Till next time then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So see you again soon, and in the meantime, we wish you God's richest blessings. <laughs>